Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Like the sands through Carpenter's Creek, so are the days of our Pensacola. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. So, I, I think it's selfish on the rest of our parts. You've just gotten parks taken care of. I've just gotten parks taken care of. I mean, there's lots of uh, the south side of the city has gotten parks have taken care of. And I don't want to get into tit for tat, but there was a statement that I was being selfish. I think if I was being selfish, I'd be at Oh, home. no, that was not to you. Well, that's, that's we're all we're being selfish. If, I, if any of us were being selfish, I'd be at home right now eating hummus with my kids. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think anyone's being selfish. <laughs> I, I love, uh, you know, uh, offended offended Jared Moore is still like the nicest guy in the room. Oh, that was Jared? <laughs> that oh, was I know. Jared. That's a, you're, since he was a kid, yeah, right. he's the nicest no, he's guy. he's such a sweetheart. Anyway, you know, if I were really selfish, I'd be at home eating hummus with my kids. Oh, I've eaten hummus with his kids. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so um, the, so the back and forth here, this was uh, Jen Brer, you know, city councilwoman for District 1, uh, and it was Jared Moore and uh, city councilman District 4, and they were back and forthing a little bit about Tippin Park. We've been talking about this a little bit this morning. And again, this meeting on Thursday was it's just a lot of stuff going on. A lot of drama, which is why they get the music. Um, so, you know, first you had the God hour that we talked about the tree planting trust fund and raiding it for $90,000 to take away trees. An amazing thing. And uh, I've talked about that last hour. This hour, this was a question about Tippin Park. And the, the basic predicate here is that you had about a million dollars that was put in there from different districts, mostly from Jewel Canada Wynn, who when she left office had a bunch of money that she put into other projects, and she put in a bunch of money into the Tippin Community Center. That's the um, park at Tippin. And I don't remember what the cross street is there. It's one block south of Creighton or, you know, roughly a block south of Creighton. And uh, it's a park that's in terrible, terrible disrepair. And uh, which even, you know, everybody, you know, talked about that, including Jen Brer. We, as citizens, are out there. I, I am a park hopper, I got to admit. Tippin used to be one of my favorite parks to go to, and it is a mess. My grandkids almost got sliced up there. It's not safe. So you can't just say, okay, well, we're not going to do the big picture, so we're going to strip them of everything now and leave them at haphazard. That's not reasonable. I'm assuming sliced up by the equipment, not by, like, people, vagrants or something right, like right, that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. No, but, it's but no, it's Yeah, it's, it, I, I actually haven't uh, taken the kids to that park or know it very well. I drive by it all the time, uh, taking my uh, son to PSC, but, uh, I, you know, I've never stopped in to look, but I don't doubt the account, okay? You know, everybody says it's in terrible disrepair. So the idea is there was a million dollars put in there for the community center that is now not going to happen because that turns out to be like a $7 million project. And what they wanted to do in the, uh, remember the carryover funding, all of the money that's left over, and they wanted to kind of reallocate all of that. Some of it was going to go to the cops for some of their stuff, right? That's kind of the picture here. And um, what Jen Brer had proposed is instead of sweeping all of that million dollars out to pay for things like the $600,000 for the Roger Scott um, uh, bathroom at the pool uh, and putting the rest of it back into the Parks and Rec general fund, can we not preserve a little bit of the money so that Tippin, which needs massive renovation, you know, can get some 
good stuff done for it. We shouldn't take away all the money from Tippin Park, even though we're not going to build the community center. I mean, we allotted a million bucks to this park. We're stripping them of everything. We've got to at least take care of what's there. So we're not going to do a community center okay, or at least at this time. We don't know what we're going to do down the road. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to strip. I mean, the money was put there to finally upgrade that park to something. So we can't just strip it of everything and leave a dangerous park. We know it's a dangerous park. I I personally know it's a dangerous park. All right. So here's the general problem we've got. Okay, and I'm not the first one to say this. It's just this is what kind of everybody knows is that the city of Pensacola has what? 94, I think, different parks. That's a crazy lot of parks. That's a lot of parks. We have more parks than they do in Boston. Yeah. Seriously. It's a lot. Okay. And we keep putting stuff into these parks like, you know, play structures for kids. You know, it's like $350,000 for the play structure at Hitsman Optimus Park, the really nice, uh, inclusive one there. Uh, the one that went in was a couple hundred thousand dollars at Bayview Park. I mean, they're expensive. Well, then you got to maintain. So parks, you have to, you have them built, then you have to maintain them, and then you have equipment that has to be maintained. We just built the, the Bayview Community Center. Very nice facility. That all needs maintenance, ongoing, right? The dog parks need maintenance. It's great to have parks, but parks take an enormous amount of money to maintain, And so the conversation is really, why don't we have a more comprehensive assessment of how much it costs to maintain all of this wonderful infrastructure and whether we can afford to keep all the stuff that we've acquired over the years and to what degree we should still be constructing new stuff that even adds more monthly or annual liability to the budget because we have to maintain it. That's the problem. And so you wind up getting a place like Tippin Park that's been neglected And when finally there's some money put into it for a project that's not going to happen, the people who are advocating for that park, it's in Charles Bear's district, but Jen Brayer was the one making the argument. Um, And no, you don't have to rhyme with that last name in order to advocate for it. But the point is, you know, it needs it needs attention. And once the money's there, it feels wrong to take it away. And so Charles Bear, he's like, well, what what I want to do is I want to make this like a key park for children with special needs. What I'm what I'd like to do at Tippin Park, it's kind of like my central park. I mean, it's kind of midway up. I've got the north end, the south end. Uh, I'd love to see that develop into something where, again, a special needs park. That's kind of one of the things we talked about. And it's not going to be super cheap. It's not going to be $30,000. It may be $200,000, but more. I'd love the opportunity to work with staff and try and do something there. And if if it doesn't work out or if we don't need that much money, it can go back into general park improvements. So Yeah, so we'll finish this up in just a second, but let's get candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Uh, watching an accident. It is I-10. This is eastbound just after the spur, it looks like, at exit 13. But it looks like it may have been moved off to the side. Certainly watch your emergency crews on scene, but I'm not showing a holdup. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. So you understand what he's saying is I don't have a definite plan just yet, but I know I'm going I'm to do something. With that money, and if we can't afford a community center, well, at least, you know, it's like, well, you're not going to buy me a bike. Well, at least can I get a skateboard? You know, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to buy a community center, but could I at least get a um, an inclusive play structure there and make that, you know, can we really refurbish that park? And that was where the selfish comment came in is, you know, look, uh, y'all have gotten great stuff in your areas. How dare you take this money back from, you know, District 2? And which is a familiar place for District 2. That's Sherry Myers old district is, you know, used to always yell and scream about how District 2 doesn't get enough money. Okay, so the dispute here is, should money allocated for a special project that's now not going to happen stay in the location of the park for that special project and be used for something else, or 
Should you have to bring it back to the council and say, hey, I've got this great plan. Let's assess whether that's the best use of the money. That was the divide. That was Jared Moore's point. Hey, if there's some great plans for Tipton Park, then uh, I, I, let's, let's hear them. But at this point, we're saying let's keep it towards a line that we're all acknowledging is dead. We're, we're taking the 600000 and moving it to something else that's got a very intended specific purpose. So there's a plan. I'm just not... Uh, Let's bring a plan. I'll vote for the 250 to go towards a specific plan, but just to keep it there is some. I'm just that doesn't make sense to me either. So I'd like to move it into general park improvements. It came out of a citywide fund, didn't come out of District Two, and uh, so I don't think the district-centric thinking is is constructive either. So. And and that's something that Jared Moore has been kind of on a soapbox about is you know let's try to think comprehensively about the whole city instead of thinking about individual districts. Which, to be fair, that's what Sherry would have said. Well, that's how I get no money in the end. <laughs> it's because you're not thinking about District Two, and I, you know, Charles Bear hasn't quite come out and said it that way. But you got to think that's kind of rumbling around in his head a little bit. Um, so I was, I was very split on the issue. This one, unlike the tree planting trust fund, which I thought was an easy one for them to get right, and they got it wrong. Uh, this one, I thought was a. a is a little bit more delicate um, because I sympathize with the desire to do something great at Tippin Park. I hate to spend $350,000 or more on a bunch of structures there. Then we have to maintain when we haven't really come with a good comprehensive plan for the maintenance costs of all of these things that we're putting in. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of with Jared. Like, it makes sense to me to pull this back out because it's not going to happen anymore and uh, see what the next best case is for the use of that money. And if you have one, we'll allocate the money. So in the end, um, they wind up voting for it. And it's kind of funny. This is the context where Allison Patton had made the comment, um, you know, remember we took $90,000 out of the tree planting trust fund and here we're disposing of a million dollars or so of money couldn't we use some of that <laughs> for to, yeah, you could have but you didn't do it in order anyway so they wind up voting and what the jen Brer's motion was to keep two hundred and fifty thousand. there was already a hundred but to keep two hundred fifty thousand dollars into that park fund instead of sweeping it back into the general parks fund and uh so tipping that did pass four to three uh, another split vote very contentious um uh, charles bear jen Brer, uh casey jones and allison Patton voted yes and um, let's see, uh, Tennant brought and Jared Moore and uh, I was, no, I got this. My, my notes here are not correct on this. Um, I think Delarian Wiggins was the other no vote on that one. But don't quote me. I'm not in the news business. <laughs> Sorry about that. I wish I could give you a better one. Um, but I, I think that's what the vote split on it was. In any case, they voted to keep the money there. So that's for those of you who live in that area. There's going to be something probably in the future there with a quarter of a million dollars or a third of a million dollars. 720 on News Radio 92.3. And that's your update on the highly dramatic city of Pensacola city council meeting. More to come later. <laughs> 721 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. As the new year unfolds, here's another reason to buy your new Volkswagen from Piedmore Imports in Pensacola. How about over $1,000 off MSRP on the 2022 Volkswagen Tiguan? These VW SUVs with third row seats are priced to move, so hurry and take advantage of these discounted prices on a limited quantity of the 2022 VW Tiguan. Discounted over $1,000 off MSRP. And Piedmore Imports is offering a finance rate of 3.5%. 
3.9% APR, up to 36 months on select 2023 models, including the VW Taos, Tiguan, Atlas Cross, and Atlas SUV. Plus, military discounts of $500 are always available when you buy your new Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports on New Warrington Road. Pete Moore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. 106 New Warrington Road, just up the street from NAS Pensacola. Special APR rates for qualified credit through BCI. See dealer for details. Uh, what'd you do this time, Brad? I'm in the doghouse after my hunting trip last weekend. Yeah, I was too. I blew off our date. How'd you get out of the doghouse? Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. I got her a gift card. It took three minutes at SWMedSpa.com. She booked it this Saturday. Saturday? So nine holes then? Tea time's at eight. To enjoy a hassle-free guys weekend, treat her to a gift card from Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. Follow Stillwater's on Facebook or Instagram to enter contests and win great prizes. Or visit SWMedSpa.com. News Radio 92.3. Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, Brian Kilmeade, Dave Ramsey, Bobby Rossi, and Lars Larson. Informative, local, dependable. Inconceivable! It's been a really, really messed up week. Seven days of torture, seven days of bitter, and my girlfriend went and cheated on me. She's a California Don, but it's time for me to quit her. La, 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 whatever. La, 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 it doesn't matter. La, 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 oh well. La, 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 we're going at it tonight. Florida Housing Finance Corporation had its review committee meetings this week for the 9% and 4% um, that the city supported two application for the Baptist sites. And unfortunately, um, none of us were ranked high enough to get funding support. No. Um, so we did want to advise you of that. Um, there is a chance Florida does allow developers to file protests. Um, and so that, depending on the outcomes of those formal protests, there could be some change. Um, but we did just want to give you an update related to the two proposals on the Baptist campus. Oh, man, that's a bummer because we had, remember, there was like kind of the, the way it was presented was there was an easy one and a hard one, like a, a, a high likelihood and a, an outside chance kind of proposal, and we didn't get either of them. So we're back to the beginning on redeveloping the Baptist, current Baptist uh, parcel that's going to, you know, be vacant when they move over to the new location on Brent Lane. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. That was Meredith Reeves uh, giving some information to the Pensacola City Council at their agenda review on Monday. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, two students have died in a, a well-known community organizer in serious condition. This is after a shooting in uh, Iowa in Des Moines at a school yesterday. This uh, happened at a nonprofit organization for uh, for youth near downtown there, and uh, police say the students killed were 16 and 18. Jury selection in, in the uh, trial for a prominent former South Carolina attorney, Alex Murdaugh, underway today. NBC's Katie Beck reporting that Murdaugh is accused of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, in June of 2021. His defense claims he's innocent, the killer's still at large. But prosecutors contend he snapped under the pressure of a secret life unraveling. His motive, they say, to garner sympathy and distract from a series of financial crimes. And the prosecution alleging that he stole millions from family, uh, his law firm and clients. Jury selection started this week. Researchers at the University of Georgia trying to create a new vaccine, but this vaccine for honeybees. 
A uh, research team has joined tech with a biotech company. They're developing, apparently it's the world's first honeybee vaccine. This all started after a uh, virus was identified as causing higher mortality rates and uh, honeybee colony collapses. It's going to be distributed through some type of a sugary dough-like substance to the bee colonies. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a supplement to having the bees wear masks, obviously. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. That's good. All right, David. (laughs) Thanks for the update. Seven, I know. No, and you know, it's funny because... I get uh, I get a couple of people who are, you know, super arch liberals who text me like, see, see, I told you. I'm like, yeah, man, I was advocating masks before the CDC did. So shh. <laughs> you're more of a masker than me. That's right. Yeah, Take your criticism. You're very elsewhere. polite. Uh, because I'm protecting other people from me, you know, which is when you it, it doesn't have to be COVID, by the way. It could just be a cold. You know, you, you can protect other people from you. you. Do you sneeze in the open? No. Well, you know, if you think you're sick, wear a mask. I mean, you know, just know. it's not that hard of a thing to figure out. Uh, Candy's got traffic on the fives. I just feel like I'm getting lectured. Actually, all the time here, <laughs> all the time on this show, ever since I started coming back, lectured. Uh, good news is I'm not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. There's an accident I-10. This is eastbound, but it's definitely been cleared out of the way. And again, not showing any slowdowns there. Caution, as you know, wherever you are, uh, if you have traffic, tips, text 437-1620. It's News Radio 923. Informative, local, lectured. I mean, dependable. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like that. No, but I do have to wear a mask. It's, I was coughing the other day, and I was like, Andrew wears a mask, and you're not... There you go. And you're Republican. Uh, and <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm just I'm kidding. A Republican. No, but That's yeah, funny. we've been sick. Yeah. Uh, somebody here said that when the bar's property was deeded to the city, it was stipulated that a park would be built within walking distance around the area, and that accounts for many of the city parks. I didn't know that. I mean, I, there's all kinds of history about this city that I didn't know, so that's an interesting note. Uh, somebody else says, uh, I want to, I want to read it exactly right because uh, it says I laugh out loud every single time the Milton soap opera music comes on. <laughs> so does Candy. Candy loves it. And you know what's funny? It's rich. Because it was Milton for so long that was the center of the drama, even when I play the Carpenter's Creek Pensacola part, people are like, ah, still Milton's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love drama when I'm not involved, and I realize like we're involved because it's like our city councils our, and county and that's, councils and that's stuff. That's exactly but I, right. Man, I love it. 727 <laughs> here on News Radio 92.3. Um, this is, it's, it's, it's a little gross, but it's, I mean, like everything in the subject matter of dead bodies is basically gross, you know, so it's like Go on. just <laughs> no candy. You're in, um, but there's a new way of taking care of dead bodies. An Oklahoma funeral home is uh, calling it liquid cremation. And they're saying that the future of cremation is dissolving the dead. Uh, and basically everything you could imagine about this is is accurate um you think of all of your crime dramas where people are disposing of bodies decomposing bodies yeah, in barrels that's of- this okay that's the idea so they just put your loved one in a barrel with well some- yeah instead of a cremation which is intense heat up to eighteen hundred dollars and they say you know where this is going that means feeding a lot of fuel in most cases natural gas which uses up a lot of embedded carbon and frees carbon dioxide into the atmosphere 500 pounds of greenhouse gases so therefore instead Liquid cremation uses low heat and chemicals, potassium hydroxide, to break down tissues and organs in the body. It takes a lot longer, about 15 hours, so you put them in there and wait. Um, they're like shrinky dinks. Sorry, clung classy, but you know that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, and then uh, Owen says the process is gentler and has no impact on the environment. And what it leaves is a completely sanitized. Here's where the little nasty part comes in. Um, oh, the, this is okay. yeah. This is the part. Okay. Um, it basically leaves skeletal remains that are easily pulverized. Yeah. And a highly sanitized gooey substance, 
which can then be sold to farmers to use as fertilizer. Um, <laughs> I have so many things to say, but I'll hold them. The fluid, <laughs> wow. the fluid that is left is basically disease-free. It has no DNA, no RNA, broken down into essential elements. Um, it can help farmers. Uh, we'll share that liquid with those involved with agriculture because it makes a perfect fertilizer, and we have the data and statistics to back all that up. There are people already doing this all over the country, so we're not breaking any new ground here. And, of course, the charge is much less than the cost of cremation. So um, you could become a farm goop and pulverized. You still get some ash if you want to have a little bit of that sure. left, you know, from the skeleton. Wow, so, so Soylent Green really is a thing. Yeah, except it's the plants eating it for now and not you. I know, but then we eat the plants. And it's people. That's people. People biscuits. All right, uh, David Wayne, uh, what do you have coming up in your news, David? There could be changes to the way discretionary spending is done in Santa Rosa County. That and more after Fox. Fox News, and I'm Chris Foster. An 11th person shot at a dance hall in California Saturday has died, and there's been another mass shooting at two mushroom farms 50 miles away in Half Moon Bay, California. Seven people killed by a man described as a disgruntled co-worker now in custody. There were farm workers affected tonight. There were children on the scene at the incidents. This is a truly heartbreaking tragedy in our community. San Mateo County Supervisor Ray Mueller. After seeing body cam video, the family of a man who died after being beaten by police in Memphis, Tennessee, wants murder charges against the now former five officers. He was defenseless the entire time. He was a human pinata for those police officers. And the attorney Antonio Romanucci, Tyree Nichols was stopped for reckless driving two weeks ago and died three days later. His cause of death has not been announced. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 731 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. 45 degrees right now. It is partly cloudy in Pensacola. One Santa Rosa County commissioner looking for changes in the way discretionary money can be spent, particularly, he says, by commissioners that know they're leaving office. All of but $99 and some change was left in my discretionary fund account. That's something that's a. Uh, no, but. That's something that we don't need to allow to happen in the future. District 2 Commissioner uh, Kerry Smith in Santa Rosa County says he was made painfully aware that his predecessor, Bob Cole, had spent nearly all of the discretionary funds allotted to the district. Smith hinted that uh, he thought the spending may have been done in vindictive fashion. So that's something Cole has denied. The first meeting to discuss whether Perdido Key should be its own town was held last night at Liberty Church over on Blue Angel Parkway. Now, that meeting was put on by the group We Are Perdido, and it was just a preliminary discussion. This is us providing educational resources to our community and asking the question, what if Perdido were a town? What if we made local decisions about these local issues? And that's the leader of that group, Steve Brentro there. Hundreds of people did show up for the discussion. One representative from the Florida League of Cities was also there to field some questions, but she couldn't answer all of them, including what effect it would have on taxes. She said it was still too early to tell on that front. In order for Partido to incorporate as a town, uh, they would have to go through state legislators, then they would have to pass a local vote as well. Scambia County's got a new emergency alert system. It's called Alert Escambia. It can notify residents during 
emergency situations that uses a database of phone numbers to uh, notify residents who've subscribed. The system was recently used to send out an alert for a missing child. Uh, if you'd like to sign up and receive these alerts, you can do that online at the county website, myescampia.com. We also have a link on the news radio website. You can click it there. And Governor Ron DeSantis taking aim at teachers' unions across the state. He says teachers shouldn't be forced to pay dues to them every month if they don't want to. That's your choice. If you want to do it, you know, send money. That's fine. Uh, but to have it automatically deducted when you sign an authorization form, they don't even tell you how much is being deducted. You know, that's not right. And the governor introduced a series of legislative proposals that he says will make life easier for teachers across the state. One of those, an increase of $200 million into the pot of money that goes towards raising teacher salaries across the state. An attempt to stop Florida's abortion law has been defeated. The Florida Supreme Court rejected a request to, uh, for a stay on a lower court ruling that upheld the 15-week abortion ban. That request filed by seven abortion clinics and a doctor. And uh, due to forecasted severe weather, Areas in the Gulf Islands National Seashore Park are going to be closed to visitors today. Uh, expected weather along the coast overnight includes winds of 30 to 35 miles an hour, gusts north of 50, and uh, could see some 8 to 10 foot surf. Any campers that are at the Fort Pickens campground will have to be evacuated by 10 o'clock this morning, and reservations for the campground beginning today are going to be canceled until at least Tuesday. It is 7:35 at News Radio 92.3, and Candy has a look at our traffic on the fives. Good news is we're not showing any slowdowns or delays. It looks like I-10 is uh, now clear, not showing any problems east or westbound, and it looks like all the exit the exits are doing just fine. So if you have traffic, text text four three seven sixteen twenty News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. We're going to be seeing some clouds move in and some heat returning to the area. High near 64 degrees today. Overnight tonight, showers and thunderstorms move in. It is a weather alert day as we are expecting the possibility of strong storms through the overnight hours lasting into Wednesday morning. By Wednesday afternoon, those storms will clear out with a high near 65. Temperatures drop Wednesday night with lows in the 40s. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now, sunshine 46 in Pensacola, 47 in Gulf Breeze, and it's 40 in Milton. Your next news at 8 o'clock, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your Money Now. Amazon today announced a new prescription perk for Prime members, hoping to boost subscriptions and attract users to its pharmacy service. The add-on called Rx Pass will allow Prime members to get as many drugs as they need from a list of 50 generic medications to treat more than 80 common chronic conditions such as high blood pressure, anxiety, and diabetes. The service costs $5 a month per person and delivery is free. The EPA says it will study whether to toughen regulation of large livestock farms that release manure and other pollutants into waterways. The EPA has not revised its rules dealing with the nation's largest animal operations, which hold thousands of hogs, chickens, and cattle since 2008. Food and Water Watch, whose lawsuit prompted the agency's reversal, says a new approach is long overdue. On Wall Street, futures are lower. After stocks posted strong gains yesterday, the Dow was up 254. That's your Money Now. 
Join Ballet Pensacola's Artistic Director, Darren McIntyre, on this Thursday's Pensacola Expert Panel at 9 a.m. Ballet Pensacola is honored to recognize the dedication and bravery of the United States military with a special ballet production February 10th through February 12th. Tune in and text your questions for Darren to 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was a competitive opera singer. (laughs) Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Jenna Barr. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, 738 News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Sunny today, kind of like that. That's a little bit of a change. Remember, this afternoon we're going to see some storms uh, probably in the 5 o'clock range, and they could be severe. In fact, going overnight, we're in the 3 out of 5 zone concern. Uh, that's what Channel 3 was reporting last night. And you remember, you know, even at 2, we had the two tornadoes that hit Pensacola in 2016 were in 2. So 3 is a very serious possibility of bad things happening. So be prepared and, uh, you know, just uh, be aware that tonight's one of those weather alert kind of nights. Uh, Tommy Leiter is the chief deputy at the Escambia County Sheriff's Office. Uh, chief, uh, um, Sheriff Simmons is off for the week. Uh, Tommy, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always good to have you on. Uh, before we get to what I think is a really interesting stuff, some of the recommendations in the transition report, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, incidents that we have had this week. Uh, one of them is kind of shows the value of traffic stops and all of the things that can come as a result of a traffic stop, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just good police work. I think the most effective crime prevention tool out there is an alert deputy, you know, just out there doing his job, beating the bushes, so to speak. And in this case, he uh, saw a suspect. That actually, he saw the car was unoccupied with the engine running, which, you know, so he circled back around to see what that was going on there. And Nettles is a suspect, got into the car, and uh, when the deputy went to make contact with him, got into a foot chase with him, and uh, turned out he had a suspended DL, but more importantly, he was armed. He had a firearm in his pocket, had a firearm in the gun, had a cocaine in the vehicle as well. So it's just one of those uh, good police work got him off the street before he could you know, victimize anybody. And, and this, so this is a case where had a record, therefore not supposed to have a gun, uh, certainly, I assume, didn't have a permit anyway for obvious reasons, um, but just kind of um, paying attention led to the arrest and, uh, you know, as you said, taking somebody off the street who's got a past, right? 
Yeah, charged with possession of firearm by convicted felon, possession of cocaine, resisting an officer. And like I said, there were two guns and in in one on him actually had it on him. So I'm thankful that it ended the way that it did and not in a, and one of my deputies getting shot at or, or shot. And then, of course, there's another firearm in the vehicle as well. Yeah, you know, to me, it's it's a reminder of something that I think sometimes people sanitize in their imagination and don't realize, but um, police officers are getting into fights all the time. I mean, it's a physical occupation, and as a result of that, you get sprained thumbs and pulled tendons and broken bones, and you know, it's a it it is often a physical occupation, right? It is, and you know, this deputy was just—it was literally just a suspicious vehicle. Engine was running, and less than a minute later, he's in a foot chase with an armed suspect who turns out to be a convicted felon with cocaine. So it's just how quickly it can turn from right. just you know sitting in your car driving around to actually in, in an incredibly dangerous situation. You know, we talk about staffing levels. That's another part of our staffing concerns with not just the vacancies, but light duties. We have quite a few deputies on light duty at any given time, and it's you know not just pregnancies and that kind of stuff. It's on-duty injuries. It seems like we every constantly, there's always a deputy or two or a few that are on, on light duty for injuries received on duty. It's not like you see in the movies. You know, we're not some black belt in karate where you do some super karate chop and everybody falls down. It is very physical. It's ugly. It always looks bad. Um, and we're just people like everybody else. So we get, we get injured. Usually that's what happens is a suspect gets injured and a deputy gets injured during a lot of these, uh, physical altercations. No, that's, a, I mean, that's a great reminder that, it, yeah, it really is a good reminder. We also had a, um, there's a new, relatively new SEFCO, uh, at Fairfield and Pace. And there was a guy who got stabbed there last week. Is that right? Well, we kind of, yes, we found out after this it didn't happen at the sefco that's where oh, he ended okay. up when they called for help i got you so we okay. found out the crime scene was not not far away it was behind i think it was a there's another cash and save or something like that that was close to it and it's a homeless he's homeless stabbed multiple times um there were some other people on scene and intoxicated they didn't see anything all of them were homeless as well the victim is still in the hospital and still unable to talk as of uh, late yesterday, so we still don't have a uh, a good handle on what happened. Okay, and and that that corner for people who don't know it, that northwest corner used to be a very high vagrancy area. Uh, of course, the you know the the shopping. Well, yeah, used to be and still is. You know, yeah. Um, and then what I think, if I remember correctly, it was across the street at the strip mall that's got the the check cashing place. I think there was a body discovered there a couple of years ago. I mean, just. That area has a history yeah. of of all this. Am I miss? I'm remembering that right? Yeah, you're correct. Yep, Payson Fairfield, right there's a heavily traveled intersection, and it is. Um, like I said there's there's homeless camps that are that are around there as well. And and all of that activity doesn't just miraculously go away because you build a shiny new gas station on the corner. <laughs> you know, it's just a, that's just <laughs> that's not the way people work, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the other things um, uh, that I wanted to ask you about is uh, you were one of the authors on the mayor's transition team report. And uh, I guess not officially in your capacity as representing the Scammy County Sheriff's Office, but still, this is a 
this is an interesting position for you because it's a follow-on to you having been chief of police, of course, for quite some time, uh, after sheriff, now sheriff, then police chief Simmons. Uh, and in your recommendations, and I, I have to make fun of you a little bit, you and I are good friends, you, uh, you're, <laughs> you, we, went to, we were in Leap together back in the day, um, you're supposed to give three recommendations, and you gave three and a bonus. <laughs> and one, of the, one of the recommendations was, you know, or a, a observation was the LOST funding is not really sufficient to for a replacement cycle, what I would consider a reasonable replacement cycle. We did all of our rolling stock, all of our equipment, and then you put that out on you, – you, Plan that out on a replacement cycle. Right. You know, a cruiser, ideally, you can get 10 years, 100,000 miles, which, you know, if you have a private vehicle, that may not be that much. But we're talking about police cruisers that are heavily used, and you're talking about high-speed pursuits. So you've got to have the brakes, you've got to have the tires, you got to have, you know, the handling. So they, they, there's quite a bit of wear and tear on a police car, and, and that – LOST dollars aren't really sufficient for a 10-year replacement. There are cruisers out there with 120, 130, 140,000 miles on them and with, without, you know, this replacement cycle. So that lent itself to – when I was the chief, I was asking for, for red light cameras. I keep saying that's the biggest threat to public safety in the city is traffic. It's just the sheer number of people that are in and out of the city, which is a great thing for, you know, for the city because the secret's out. But from a law enforcement perspective, it really is a challenge to police that. Hey, Tommy, can yeah. I can I pause you on that? Because I want to get yeah. into this a little bit. Cause you and I have talked about this before, but I want to get into this a sec. Before I do, let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Um, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays uh, right now. Taking a look like Pace and Fairfield. We are just talking about that area. It looks clear. Not showing any problems all the way down Fairfield. Should be good to go all the way through Myrtle Grove. No issues. Uh, I say that in the Navy, New Warrington, now showing an accident uh, and a slowdown. So caution there. Highway 29 in Ensley Street showing an accident with no roadblock and 29 in Pin Oak lane in Cantonment showing an accident with no roadblock. Caution, wherever you are, traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Chief Tommy Leiter talking about the transition report for uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves. And uh, before I let you continue on the red light cameras, I will soapbox for a second on, you mentioned local option sales tax is not adequate to cover the full replacement cycle for the police cruisers. And I agree with you, but I will say, um, that should be general fund revenue. That is basic operations of the police force. LOST is supposed to always be extra stuff, stuff we couldn't otherwise get through ad valorem taxation. And so I don't think it should be coming, even though it's lawful to use it that way, it shouldn't come from there. You should be above and beyond things with LOST. But that's a philosophical conversation. And I know it's not your baby anyway. But um, back to the uh, the red light cameras. You and I have talked about this a bunch. And the, as you've said many times, the um, the most preventable form of danger to property and people is getting people to drive safely. But as you were just getting ready to say, the danger intersections are unpoliceable, right? Yeah. So in order to to write a traffic citation at an intersection for a red light, you have to be able to you have to be parked in a position where you can see the red light. You have to see the stop line or the intersection so you can witness the car. You got to get across the line before the light turns. Red. So you got to be able to witness the violation, and then you have to be able to get out into heavy traffic to stop the car and then either issue a warning or issue a traffic citation. And there are intersections that are designed that makes that impossible. It is nearly impossible to initiate change at some of our highest, biggest threats to public safety, these high-crash intersections. Just the top three, there's a crash at one of those intersections every three days, like clockwork. 
in the in the next three days we're going to have another crash, and three days after that, and it's frustrating as a chief, as somebody responsible for public safety, that you really can't initiate change. And, and just Red just to put a, just to put a picture on that for right. people, the, the one that you constantly remind people of is at Ninth uh, and um, uh, and Brent, right? That's a great ninth example. And, yeah. So there's Ninth and Bio, Ninth and Airport, Fairfield and Davis are the top three. Okay. Davis and Fairfield, big intersection. Ninth and Bio is, is a major one, and then Ninth and Airport. And if you look at, get a visual on that, where is a police officer going to be able to park where he can witness the intersection and witness the the violation and then be able to get out into traffic and stop a vehicle safely and, and initiate change, have that conversation. And um, you just cross the bridge in the Gulf Breeze, and there's red light cameras there. So... And I go to New Orleans quite a bit, and when I drive through Gulf Breeze, I just went there with my wife this weekend. And when I was driving through, I had my maps on in my car, and it alerts you, red light camera ahead. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, it'll say speed camera ahead, and it'll force you to slow down. And there's a lot of evidence to prove that red light cameras work in reducing traffic crashes, reducing crashes with intersections, the most dangerous. And the way it works, it's not an automatic, it doesn't just automatically mail you a ticket. What it does is... The software program will alert. You have to have a police officer, so it'll alert the Pensacola Police Department. They would have an officer actually review the violation because it's all recorded. And then the officer will use his discretion to make a decision whether or not to issue a traffic citation based on what they're witnessing. So if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you pull up at a stale red light. And I'm not saying this is okay. But, you know, you can see in all directions. Maybe you're going to the hospital or something like that. And you go ahead and you come to a complete stop. There's no traffic. It's four in the morning or whatever. And then you bust it. The intersection or the officer can make a decision whether or not to issue that traffic citation. It's not this AI computer that can make that decision. <laughs> yeah. So they'll send out a, you know, the traffic citation and it's not reported to your insurance. It's not reported to your driver's license. So you don't get the hit on your, on your um, driver's license, your points. And you can decide whether or not to pay it or not. If you say, hey, either I wasn't driving, there's a pretty good cameras on that, or um, I don't think I deserve a traffic citation, then you can always contest it that way. So it's there's a lot of safeguards built into the state law and the program. It's functional in Gulf Breeze. It's functional throughout the state and other cities throughout the state. I think that the city would benefit. It would be in the best interest of public safety to put red light cameras at those intersections. And, you know, I've lived in a lot of places where I've had these, let alone Gulf Breeze, obviously. And, you know, I don't I don't find them problematic in any way. And the key thing that I think that people might not hear in what you're saying is you're not you're talking about giving police the opportunity to actually police the most dangerous intersections that are structurally impossible to police right now. So if you want to cut down on the every third day accident at those three top locations, this is the way to do it because the alternative is just ho hum. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, and you know, and I I, I appreciate exactly. I appreciate that philosophy. Uh, Tommy Leiter, he is a chief deputy at the Escambia County Sheriff's Office, and he was on the mayor's transition team, writing the report. Uh, Tommy, as always, good to talk to you, sir. Uh, great to hear from you. Tell your wife I said hi, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. As always, I appreciate you, Andrew. You bet. Seven fifty. Oh, and candy. That's right. Absolutely. Tell Lisa I said hi to you. <laughs> 752 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay.
Hey, Pensacola, Dave Ramsey here. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Gulf Coast Air Care. They've been trusted members of your community for over 25 years. Owner Todd St. Ors and his team focus on the indoor air quality side of HVAC for the people who want comfortable, healthy, and energy-efficient homes and workplaces. Gulf Coast Air Care can help you with dusty, moldy, or leaky duct systems, hot or cold rooms, and odors, and humidity issues. They test for duct leaks, and they do the repairs. If you need duct cleaning, duct repairs, or air filtration, you should call them today. Remember what Todd always says, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Call Gulf Coast Air Care today at 850-934-2768 or visit them online at gulfcoastaircare.com. That's 850-934-2768 or gulfcoastaircare.com. This is Paul Epstein with Running Wild. Join me tomorrow at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Discover why we at Running Wild are the running and fitness experts in the Pensacola and Fairhope communities, specializing in fitting you in the best shoe, apparel, and training for your unique needs. We pride ourselves on serving, training, and encouraging you to reach your goals. So bring your questions tomorrow at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 6. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Sundays, you get Christian Outlook at 7, Ask the Preacher at 8, Town Hall Review, Fox News Sundays, The Weekend, Tech It Out, and Gun Talk at 8. Throw down the gun and give me my detonators. Good morning, 754 News Radio 92.3, informative local, Robert Plant. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The Attorney General in Illinois now wants a state appellate court to dismiss a restraining order that partially blocks the state's new ban on assault weapons. Last week, a judge there ordered a... Uh, issued an order that prohibited the state from enforcing that ban against hundreds of people that filed a lawsuit challenging it. But uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says he's confident the courts are going to uphold the constitutionality of the law. Uh, Lynette Diamond Hardaway from the conservative social media duo Diamond and Silk. Uh, new information on her death. She apparently died of a pre-existing heart condition. Officials in North Carolina also said uh, her heart disease was due to high blood pressure. And Amazon now offering a new prescription medication benefit with the Prime program. The uh, RX Pass allows members to get as many drugs as needed from a list of 50 generic medications that are used to treat common illnesses. Uh, Amazon is hoping that that benefit uh, will boost their subscriptions and attract new users. All right. Very good, David. Thanks so much for the update. And by the way, somebody had texted me and said, are the Gulf Breeze red light cameras operational? I thought they disabled those. And I texted back and said, oh, no, they're operational. But then I do what news people do, which is I'm like, ah. I know it's true, but I still want to double check. So I texted uh, Chief Hawthorne and asked him, Gulf Breeze Police Chief Rick Hawthorne. I'm like, hey, man, I know it's a dumb question, but those things are operational. I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks. Happy New Year. 755 on News Radio 92.3. Candy's got traffic on the fives. A little more now. Olive and Davis showing an accident and a possible roadblock uh, this morning. And it looks like it's on the Olive side, kind of near Olive uh, Baptist. So caution there. Caution certainly uh, wherever you are. 
Uh, we're seeing an accident on Highway 98 Navarre at Rosewood Drive, but it looks like it's been moved off to the side. Watch for emergency vehicles. And then Blue Angel uh, North, it's uh, slow right before you hit 98 and, uh, in general. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. It's News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Somebody text in here after being the victim of a hit and run at 98 and Blue Angel. I'd love just playing traffic cameras. Uh, yeah, no, un- understood. Uh, somebody here says, um, uh, I was the same person who asked me, he's like, maybe there was the ones in Milton. Um, and uh, somebody, and he says, uh, or she, I don't know which, says, uh, don't play in Gulf Breeze, they will get you. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that perception creates safety. That's the point. People know that. They have that perception. You don't speed in Gulf Breeze, and you don't go through the red lights in Gulf Breeze, and as a result, you have safer safer uh, throughput of traffic. Everybody's better off. That's the idea. Um, somebody here says, as far as traffic cameras go, I would be curious to talk to somebody from Gulf Breeze, see why they choose to only have the cameras on part of the time. Uh, they've been off for a while. Again, no, not accurate. Um, do they tie up resources? Also, no. Um, and they are on all the time. Uh, see, somebody here says, uh, the problem with traffic light cameras is the lights turn from yellow to red quicker the normal traffic lights. I know this for a fact because I've timed it myself. Um, I challenge the data. I would just say it that way, uh, which results in a ticket sooner than what you would normally get because the light changes quicker. It's an absolute racket. Again, challenge the data. And uh, besides, it makes people slam on their brakes sooner and faster even before the red light causing pileups. Also, challenge the data. 437-1620, Somebody here texts, oh, I got a ticket in the mail for Christmas from Gulf Breeze. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays. Come back again real soon. Uh, 7.57 here on News Radio 92.3. Oh, we're into the second week now of um, the rotating circle of, uh, rotating circus, depending on how you want to see it, of hosts for The Daily Show. Last week it was Leslie Jones. This week it's Wanda Sykes. Well, I don't know how your 2023 is going, but it has not been going well for President Joe Biden. <laughs> Just when we were ready to move on to the next scandal, the FBI searched his house for 13 hours on Friday, and they found even more classified documents. At this point, the FBI is just decluttering Biden's house for him. (laughs) They're like Marie Kondo going around his rooms like, this list of spies does not spark joy. That's pretty good. No, but honestly, this doesn't bother me at all. I mean, come on. The man has been in public office for 238 years. That's actually a little bit low. I bet you most of the he has isn't even classified anymore. (laughs) You read his notes and it's like, keep an eye on this Hitler guy. history now. It's, it's just history now. They're teaching this stuff in schools. Well, not in Florida, but... Oh, why has there got to be the swipe? Always the swipe. But in Biden's defense, at least he is cooperating with the FBI searches, right? In fact, he's been so cooperative, it makes me wondering, like, like is, is he hoping they do work around the house for him? You know, is Biden like... Uh, you know, uh, fellas, I think I have some documents up in the gutters. <laughs> You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.